Hi, Whitney. <laughs> nice to meet you via cyberspace. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. First of all, I'm looking at your background. <laughs> I'm like, could you have a few more things on your resume? Sixth generation Montana native, former Clinton administration staffer, co-founder of Eastern Congo Initiative, which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, member of Council on Foreign Relations, and you ran for governor of Montana as a Democrat in 2020. <laughs> I did. Wow. Yeah. That is a remarkable background. Incredible. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really lucky. I feel so fortunate to be able to have done all the things I get to do. It's really, um, I'm very grateful. Can you tell us um, about Eastern Congo Initiative and how you came to start it? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I, um, let's see, it was about 13, 14 years ago, I met Ben Affleck, uh, actually on a tarmac in Tanzania, in Mwanza, Tanzania. Ben and his buddy Matt were in uh, Africa at the invitation of Bono and the One Campaign, actually, who we were working with um, uh, through my, my consultancy. And we had this great week um, moving around Tanzania, helping um, Ben to sort of understand some of the causes and consequences of many things that had happened in the region. And he was just really curious about wanting to get started and do what he could in the world. And we got to talking about Congo and he didn't know much about it. And long story short, we ended up working together for about three years. Um, ben calls it his PhD program, <laughs> but we very quietly um, got to travel around uh, the Horn of Africa and Central Africa and East Africa and spent a lot of time in Congo. And we really fell in love with the region. We fell in love with the people. We fell in love with the place. We fell in love with the extraordinary potential, which I know, Robin, you've you've seen and had a chance to meet so many Congolese. Um, and we really thought we could maybe make a difference. There's something here. Um, I think you were actually sent this. 2020, we funded legal clinics for survivors of sexual violence. Do you want to... In, in Congo, there is... Uh, an epidemic of sexual violence. And, you know, in some parts of, of, of the Kivus, they say two out of three women and girls have been raped. So it's a horrific statistic. And we decided we wanted to see what we could do about it. And one of the sort of avenues that our partner said to us they would like help with was help funding um, prosecutions of rape cases, which can cost about 500 bucks, which may not sound like much to some listeners, but it's a lot of money in Congo where people are making between a dollar and two a day. Uh, and so we've been doing that. Um, we've been funding uh, prosecutions for, uh, 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 you know, off and on for a number of years. But there was a fascinating thing happened. I took a, some women um, with me on a trip probably five or six years ago. And there was a woman, uh, uh, one of the clinics, it's called DFJ, uh, the, the grantee partner of ours. And there were a number of women who were coming in to talk about their rapes and they were getting legal assistance. And we were sort of a witness to, um, as they want, right? Women want to be kind of heard and they want to be seen. And so we were sitting there and I happened to have a, a reporter from Glamour magazine with me. And the women all went around and they told these horrific stories and they were matching them up with legal aid. And at the end, we thanked them for allowing us to be part of the story and then said, do you have any questions of us? And one of the women stood in the back of the room 
and said, I do. Do you have rape in America? And it was one of the most stunning questions, of course. You know, how do you even begin to answer the question? And and Genevieve from, from Glamour at the time, she was working with Glamour, she got up and said, we do. Uh, it's actually a very serious problem in America. And she spoke for a moment. And then the woman, uh, Congolese woman, got back up and said, well, I hope you have organizations like this to take care of you. Oh. And it was, right? I mean, just stunning. And the idea that a woman in Congo would be wishing us well and thinking about how we were and asking those questions. And this is a woman who was just raped, who was in a judicial clinic to come and get help because of what had happened to her. And I carried that with me because I do think about how extraordinary women are and how extraordinary communities are and how people can show up for one another, you know, near and far. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty beautiful. Wow. And that to, to feel that removed, how removed she must feel to, to ask that question. Like, are we, are we the only people that experience this? Um, that's incredible. Wow. Um, how have you set up ECI for long-term success in, in the region? Well, first of all, we hire Congolese. So, you know, first and foremost, we have had, you know, this desire to make sure that we were giving back in a very, you know, sort of community-centric way. And so that meant that the leadership um, is, is largely Congolese, almost all of our staff um, is, is Congolese. And then we invest in, you know, extraordinary organizations, again, mostly run by women, but across the Kivu. So both North Kivu and South Kivu are our principal focus areas. Um, and, you know, we, we've always picked winners. Um, we've definitely had some failures. So we've definitely learned a lot, but generally speaking, we've really done everything we can to pick sort of extraordinary organizations that know what they need, you know, get to work doing what they can um, to sort of solve the sort of problem set that they've they've identified. Um, and so we just feel like we kind of draft off of them and their success. And we do what we can back here at home to raise resources for them, to sort of speak to policymakers and, and the media um, about their good work. But, um, but we've sort of been set up for success since day one because we did it in partnership with the Congolese people. It's so great. You're wearing our Pour la Femme Congo made pajamas. <laughs> I am. I love them. Which is, so you know, great. what we're so interested in expanding is to have more Congolese women and men be a part of this give work program. They want awesome. to work. Um, yep. I wish we could isn't make all of our products there. But Yeah. But, isn't it true, Robin? I mean, I would just say like, you know, when you sort of look at the extraordinary work ethic, and I think, you know, what you find in Congo is just the same, whether it's, you know, Missoula, Montana, or wherever uh, your listeners are, right? We all want the same thing for our family. We all want like a good paying job where we can provide for our family. And these women in Congo, man, I mean, they will hustle. They work so hard. And that craftsmanship, I have to say, I mean, the pajamas are incredible. It's like what you would get anywhere. And these women are making it in Congo. I know, and they take such pride in the quality 
yeah. that, that they produce, you know? One question I wanted to ask you, what would you tell a younger version of yourself about forging your own path to success and making an impact on the world? Oh my gosh, I would tell my younger self, I guess a couple of things. I mean, one is um, don't take no for an answer. <laughs> don't let, you know, the negativity where people will say that's not possible, you know, really just believe anything is possible and just go for it. You know, don't, don't sort of take no for an answer. And maybe also just, you know, get yourself a posse, you know, surround yourself with incredible people and keep them, you know, hold on to them. Um, keep them close. You know, we, life is, uh, is too short. That is for sure. And, you know, we can't do anything alone. I remember. It does take a village. It, takes a village. <laughs> it, sure, it takes a village. I will tell you my two Clinton quotes, Hillary Clinton, of course, is the one who brought that to kind of popular acclaim. Of course, it's a beautiful old African proverb, but um, it takes a village. But President Clinton used to say this thing, and I always wondered what he meant by this. When I was a young woman, I was working in the administration, and the president used to say that turtle on the fence post didn't get there on its own. And for the longest time, I was like, what is that man saying? You know, what is he, what is he saying? And now when I think about how wise that is, I actually saw him uh, last weekend and I said to him, sir, I just have to tell you, I've finally gotten it. I'm so glad you said that. It is to me such a beautiful reminder that we don't do anything by ourselves, that we are interconnected and interdependent, that we do need one another uh, to kind of get things done, right? Um, and I think that that is, you know, sort of a, a good lesson in life that we should all maybe try to remember. Pour la femme. For the women.